<laughs> Haze. Leo, light it up. I can't sell out for no money cause I got ambition. Brody ready to catch a body, shit, his hand itching. I ain't dropped in a little minute, shit, my fans miss me. 40,000 in both ears, you know I can't listen. And I like to stand on- Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It will definitely mean a lot to me. If you are listening on any DSPs, it definitely means a lot. Subscribe there as well. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers on YouTube by my birthday, which is in July. So if you can, please come to the YouTube channel and subscribe so you can get the full experience of the unpopular podcast from the visuals, clips, you know, just, 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 just subscribe. It would mean a lot. So, but here's where we'll start. So the NBA season ended uh, this week, and of course, you had the playing tournament or the Eastern Conference playing tournament yesterday. You have the Western Conference tonight, and with this regular season being over, you're going to get the awards as far as the MVP, the the Rookie of the Year, um, the the def- Defensive Player of the Year. You know, you're, those are going to start trickling in. You're also going to get the all-NBA teams, all-defensive teams, all-rookie teams. And what I wanted to do today is I'm going to give the unpopular podcast all-NBA, all-rookie, all-defensive teams. Now, there's a stat that came out the other day, I think yesterday, saying that this is one of the most offensively driven seasons we've ever seen. When you look at a lot of the players that are going to make it into the all-NBA team, a lot of them average more than 25 points. Now, I'm not saying this is the greatest offensive team or offensive season we've ever seen, but we're getting a lot more Hardens and KDs and Currys instead of, you know, Tony Allens, Bruce Bowens, and and Dennis Rodmans, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, man. There's nothing wrong with um, – there's nothing wrong with – a lot of offense. Now, I don't know if that wins a championship, and of course, we'll talk about that closer to the NBA Finals, but we're starting to see a lot of players, a lot of teams that are mainly offensive-driven. And like I said, what we're going to do is I'm going to give my all-NBA teams, you know, all three teams. I'm going to give my two defensive teams, and I'm going to give my two rookie, all-rookie teams. Before we, before we, Before I give my teams, um... There's a lot of great players in the league that didn't make my team. Now, I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm not saying they're not great. But there's a lot of players that I that did not make my all-NBA team. Um, and I'll give a couple honorable mentions before we go. I mean, before I give my teams. Paul George is one. A lot of people like to bag Paul George because of, you know, the whole playoff P that he uh, so eloquently named himself and then what he did in the playoffs a lot of people want to talk about, you know, a lot of he's he's kind of like the punching bag of the league. However, when you look at the numbers and you really look at him play, he is at least a top 15 player in the league. Now, the jury's still out about the 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 um the playoffs and what he's going to do with the Clippers, but a lot of people like to bag on him, but and unjustly so, because he's a good player. He's an offensively gifted player. He's great defensively. Yeah, he's had you know injury injury bug that's happened to him the last few years, but this year Paul George has been incredible. I think he's averaged like twenty five or twenty six points, um, and he has been the driving force along with Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers. So. He didn't make my All NBA team, but he if he makes an All NBA team, the official one, then of course I wouldn't be upset because Paul George has been incredible. Jimmy Butler's another one. It was hard leaving Jimmy Butler out, but because of the impact that he has for the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat, I'm not gonna say they're awful, but are not good with him off the floor. With him on the floor, they are a team that could just so I mean could very well make it back to at least the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Jimmy, he's not the greatest offensive player. However, his leadership, his 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 defensive presence, is one of the reasons why he is he, he is considered an elite player. Like I said, he, he now he he can give you a forty a forty bird one or two you know once or twice, but his his calling card is not defense. I mean, it's not offense; it's defense. So that's you know that's one reason it was it was kind of hard for me to put Jimmy Butler in because. 
it was hard for me. It would have been hard for me to take out a couple players. So that's why Jimmy Butler didn't make my list. Uh, Sabonis, Demonis Sabonis from Indiana. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. Now, he made the all-star team this year, which which I definitely like. But he is he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play defense. He can play. He's he's great offensively. And he is he's a he's a player that, you know, you're he's not gonna light up the stat sheet, but he will you look up like, oh shoot, he has triple double or oh shoot, he has 30. Like that's the type of player Sabonis is. And he is the he's one of the sole reasons why Indiana made it to the play-in tournament. So, you know, I, I he didn't make my all NBA team, but he definitely has has a case to make it. And I guess my last honorable mention I'm gonna say is Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine, a lot of things are being said for the fact that he plays on a on a on a rebuilding team, which is the the Bulls, and most of his points is because nobody else can score. But Zach Levine was still what still finished, I think, top five in scoring. Like Zach Levine is a is a beast. Do, uh, Devin Devin Booker didn't make my All NBA team, but he definitely could have made it. So, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at all the the the, the players that that could have um, made it. And again, there's no there's it's, it's not a I'm not saying that they're not good, and I'm not saying that you know the people that didn't make it over them were ten times better. I'm just saying. That, you know, they just didn't make my All-NBA team. So, but without further ado, I'm going to give you my All-NBA team. Let's start with the third team. I'm going to start with the point guard. Now, the point guard position was tough for me. It was tough because this year, more than like any other year, you have some incredible point guards. Like, this year, especially the guard position, has been the hardest year in terms of um, in terms of who who would make the All NBA team, who wouldn't? Now, when you, I say the third team was the hardest because honestly, the guard position it, it kind of went down between two people. It went down between Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell. The reason why I'm going, I put I pick Kyrie over Donovan Mitchell is because of the time that's that that has. Kyrie, I believe, has played more games than Donovan Mitchell. Now, Donovan Mitchell's out with an ankle injury. Of course, he is so he's a key reason why Utah is number one in the Western Conference. But I had to go with Kyrie because I, I again I believe I could be wrong, but I believe Kyrie has played more games, and Kyrie is averaging twenty seven points a game. Well, of course, all these are rounded up, so twenty seven points a game, five rebounds, and six assists. Kyrie Irving has been consistent as far as when he's on the court. Now, of course, we know about all the off-the-court off stuff and, and the religious stuff, and we'll talk about that a little later. But on the court, he has been consistent. And so is Donovan Mitchell, don't get me wrong. But I think that Kyrie Irving is going to get the nod over. I'm gonna, Let me say this. I'm going to give the nod over Kyrie over Donovan Mitchell because I, I feel that Kyrie has been more intricate, seeing as though KD's been out, seeing as though James Harden's been out. I think Kyrie's been more intricate in the success that Brooklyn has seen this year over Donovan Mitchell because of the team around Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has Rudy Gobert. He has uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. He has Joe Ingles. That, and that is a good squad. And don't get me wrong. I know, I know Brooklyn is a good squad with KD, Kyrie, and all the pieces, but... Like I said, Kyrie, KD has missed majority of the season with a hamstring injury, and James Harden is out, well, was out for a while with his injury. So I'm going to put Kyrie Irving as my all third guard for the All-NBA team, for my All-NBA team. My, my, my second guard, I'm going to put uh, James Harden. I'm going to put James Harden because now I know a lot of people's not going to like this because of what happened in Houston. But if you look at the numbers, James Harden is averaging 25 points a game, eight rebounds and 11 assists. Now we look at when, when you look at players like James Harden, when you look at great players and they, they regularly do something, 
you st- it starts to lose luster for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people will look at what Russell Westbrook's doing and think, okay, it's just another triple-double, seeing as though he's the only player in NBA history, and I think will be the only player in NBA history that averages a triple-double four out of the five, four of the last five years. However, because we're, we see it so regularly with Russell Westbrook, you start to think, all right, well, that's, I mean, it is what it is, just another triple-double. In terms of James Harden, we're looking at his scoring prowess, his ability to get to the line, his dribbling ability, his step-back ability, and I think we're starting to look at it as, like, ah, I mean, it's just James Harden, you know. James Harden, it, it, he's he's good, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. No, what, what we're seeing from James, James Harden is one of the most offensively gifted players we've ever seen. I'm not saying he is, but he's one of the most offensively gifted players we've ever seen. And I, and I understand that he is um, – understand he is missing he missed time for a minute due to an injury but on the court he unlocks something even with Kyrie and Katie he unlocks something in Brooklyn that allows them to or that could potentially make them one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen as far as the team and that and and he's been consistent as far as when he's on the court for Brooklyn so I have James Harden as my all NBA 13. I have Jason Tatum as my first forward position. Jason Tatum's averaging 26 points a game, seven seven rebounds, and four assists. Jason Tatum has he's kind of kickstarted his his stardom for me. I understand he was really good his rookie year, and he got the, the or he or he helped the Boston Celtics make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think a game seven against LeBron and the Cavaliers at the time. But Jason Tatum has really spearheaded his um, his stardom for me. I, I said on a, 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 le- a previous episode of the Unpopular Podcast that he would be in my top five players in about five years. He would be top five because, of course, a lot of the stars that we see now will, of course, be getting older. Some may not be in the league due to their age. And I said Jason Tatum would probably be in that top five. Well, if you look now, and I w- I'm not saying he is, but a lot of people could argue that Jason Tatum could be top five, no, top ten player in the league right now, and they have an argument. Jason Tatum is incredible de- offensively. He does need to get a little better defensively, but he's not terrible defensively. Jason Tatum's tough, and and he has had. I mean, he's had a sixty point game. He's had a couple fifty point games. Jason Tatum is that dude, bro. And it, it does suck that Jalen Brown got hurt for the rest of the season, I think, with the wrist. And that's definitely going to hurt their chances, of course, moving forward. But Jason Tatum has done enough, in my opinion, to be on an all-NBA team over a Paul George, over, you know, Sabonis. So that's why I have Jason Tatum in as all-NBA 13. I have LeBron James as all-NBA 13 as, as my second forward. Because, I mean, he was in the MVP discussion majority of the year until he got hurt for, a, a, I think it was like six to seven weeks. And because he got hurt is the reason why it, 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 he got, you know, bumped down to the All-NBA third team. I mean, LeBron James is still the best player in the world. Even with missing a lot of time, he still averaged 25-8-8. Eight and eight. And I just... <laughs> On the court, he he's he's the sole reason why I'm not gonna say sole reason, but him and Anthony Davis is a big reason why the Lakers. Well, even though they're the seven seed, they'll probably be favored in every single series they're in. So, I have you know I have all LeBron James All NBA third team. I believe if he didn't miss time like or as much time as he did, uh, he would definitely be up in the All NBA team. But he missed a lot of time, so. That's why I have him in the third team. And I have Rudy Gobert. Um, it's I know Rudy Gobert's numbers aren't flashy, even though he's averaging 14, 14, and 1. He's not flashy, but Rudy Gobert does a lot of things on the court that is not going to um is not gonna land in the stat sheet, but is is vital for the success of Utah. First and foremost, Jonathan Mitchell hasn't been there for the last few weeks uh, due to ankle injury. And Rudy Gobert has stepped up both offensively. Now, again, I understand it's only 14, but and, and he's not putting the ball on the ground, you know, hitting with the bing-bings or nothing like that. But 
Rudy Gobert, he's he stepped up offensively. His he's probably one of the best screens that you know. It's funny. <laughs> Side note, um, before we keep going, did y'all see Kwame Brown going crazy <laughs> against um, Gilbert Arenas and uh, Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson? The funniest part is when he was like, "Did y'all set the? Did y'all see the screens I was setting?" <laughs> Hey man, shout out to Kwame, man. He a real one for that. He's a real one for that. But let me let me, <laughs> Wow. That man said, let do y'all see the screens I was setting? Like, come on now, what we talking about? <laughs> Alright, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, he his if Rudy Rudy Gobert, let me say this. The reason why I, I believe Rudy Gobert is more important to the Utah Jazz than Donovan Mitchell. Not saying that it's like drastically, but what Rudy Gobert does on the defensive side of the ball, as well as how he's able to hit his screen ability, his his pick and roll ability, as far as definitely roll, he ain't pick and popping, pick and roll ability allows Rudy Gobert. I, I think he's been the 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 center position outside of the top two has kind of been you know a seesaw this entire year so I, I because I think he he's in line to be a finalist in next next episode I'm gonna give my you know MVP and all that I think he's he has a good case to be defensive player of the year I'm gonna put him as my All NBA third team so my All NBA third team is Kyrie Irving James Harden. Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Rudy Gobert. My second team, this gets a little tougher. Now, of course, going up the list is still tough, but this gets a little tougher because a lot of players that could be in the first team and have arguments to be in the first team, but I think that there are players, at least in their position, that a little above them. So let's start at the guard position. I have CP3. Now, you look at the numbers and it's like, damn, like, you know, CP3 is only averaging 16 points, five rebounds, and nine assists. But this goes back to the impact that we were talking about. Uh, when you look at Phoenix, Phoenix is pretty much the same team from last year that, you know, struggled mightily until they got to the end of the season in the bubble. And Chris Paul has unlocked something in in the entire team and now they I mean they're sitting second in the e in the Western Conference. So Chris Paul, I mean he's been incredible and he's been he's been Chris Paul. I mean Chris Paul is arguably one of the greatest point guards to ever walk the face of the earth. And this is just another example of him being incredible. So even though his numbers aren't flashy, he is having a Chris Paul type season and because of that he is he is a sole reason why the I'm not gonna say sole. Why do I keep saying sole reason? He's a big reason why Phoenix is where they are right now. So I have Chris Paul as my point guard for the second team. I have Bradley Bill for my first team. I mean second team. Bradley Bill is second in the league in scoring. He averages 31 points a game, five rebounds, four assists. The reason why I have him second is because the success or lack of success, especially early with Washington. Now, I'm going to talk about this a little later, but I don't think that you should, you should, I don't think a team's record should really affect a player as far as getting on to the all NBA teams. But I do think that it should, it can affect the, um, it can affect the, the seating, I guess you could say, of where they sit. sit. Because Washington is, of course, under 500 and how they started the season is the reason why he's not in my first all, you know, first team. However, Washington has been one of the best second half teams after the after the All-Star break. I think they're like top five in winning in, in winning percentage as far as after the All-Star game. And a lot of that is because of Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. Like I said, Bradley, for a long time in the season, Bradley Bill was leading the league in scoring. And this is the second year in the row that he finishes top two in scoring. Now, this should be the second year he made All-NBA team, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I just think Bradley Bill has been incredible the entire year. I think that he's arguably one of the best shooting guards in the league. And while I think I can't put him on my top 
I can't put him on my first team because of the team record. But I will put him on my second team because of the team record. That makes sense. And what I say is he has been incredible all year. He's had a 60 game, 60 point games. He's had a couple 50s. He's had a, 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 a bunch of 40s. And the team is built around Bradley Beal. And like I said, you have to accredit him. You have to accredit uh, Russell Westbrook for the success that they're seeing, especially after the All-Star break. And that's why I had to put him in my top. There's no reason why. There's no reason why someone top 10 in scoring or top the second leading scorer in the league is not going to be on my All NBA team. That's just crazy in my opinion. So I have to put Bradley Bill in my top, in, in my All Second Team. I have I have Kawhi Leonard as my first uh, as my first forward in the All Second Team. He's averaging twenty five points a game, seven rebounds, and five assists. The reason why I mean he's missed a lot of time, but when he is on the floor for the Clippers, he has been the Kawhi Leonard that we're used to. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's... Here's the thing about Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard doesn't have a flashy game, but he is tough. And when I say flashy, he's not a loud... Like, he won't yell in your face. He's not, you know, KG or anything like that. Now, he's not Tim Duncan, but he's pretty much a solid mix between them as far as personality-wise. I do think that... He is arguably still one of the one of the top few shooting guard. I mean, no, small forwards in the league, and of course, the reason why he sat out a lot of games is due to the fact of first what we saw last year in the playoffs, and they want they want their top two as far as the Clippers they want their top two players, top three, because Serge missed a lot of time too. Top three players as as healthy as possible, especially again after what we saw last year, but. Again, on the court, Kawhi Leonard has been incredible. So I have Kawhi Leonard as my first guard, I mean, uh, forward for the all-second team. I have Giannis as my second. He's averaging 28 points a game, 11 rebounds, and six assists. Giannis is in the conversation for MVP. At least I'll probably put him top maybe five or six. And, And Giannis is having a Giannis year. Now, if it wasn't for... A lot of other players having incredible years. This could be Giannis's third, you know, third straight MVP, and because of that, I have to put him. It's hard for me not to put him in my All NBA. Now, I it, it was I had to go back and forth between if I was going to put him and another player in the All NBA. I mean, all, my first team, but as the cookie crumbled, he landed in my second. And that's no offense to Giannis. That's not saying he doesn't deserve it because he definitely deserves it. So I have Giannis again. Giannis is this. This could be a really good. Year. This could be the year that Giannis and the in the in the Milwaukee Bucks win it all. I mean, if you look at the landscape of the league, well, again, we'll we'll have my predictions in another episode. We don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn, uh, especially defensively. Uh, the Philly. We don't know, even though, and, and a lot of people, that could be the toughest road. And, of course, in the West, the West is tough. They're going to beat each other up. So, this could be a year for Giannis. And Giannis had an incredible year. So, I have Giannis as my second team. And I have Julius Randle. Julius Randle as my center for the All-NBA second team. I mean, what we're seeing out of Julius Randle and what we're seeing out of New York Nobody except for probably New York fans or whatever could have saw this coming. I didn't think that New York was going to be good enough to be what the fourth seed, uh, fourth yeah fourth or fifth seed in the in the East. Like I didn't I didn't think I didn't think we'll talk about this a little later, but I didn't think they were going to be good. So Julius Randle was twenty four points a game, ten rebounds and six assists. He's I think he's had the most triple or most triple doubles from a Nick since like nineteen fifty or something like that. Um, he, anytime you land on that list and land on having more, more 30 point games or something, or as many 30 point games as Carmelo Anthony for the Knicks, you're doing something good. And that's so, so I had to put Julius Randle there. There's no way that you can look at what the Knicks are doing and look at the landscape of the league and not put Julius Randle as an all NBA player. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he's an MVP. I'm not saying none of that, but. Julius Randle is definitely the most valuable player for the Knicks. And 
The Knicks have been incredible. So I definitely am putting Julius Randle as my All-NBA second team. So the All-NBA second team is Chris Paul, Bradley Bill, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Julius Randle. Now for my first team. First team, actually, outside of one position, was kind of easy. Like, in my opinion, the first team, outside of maybe Bradley Bill, he could have he could have slid in there, in my, in my opinion, seeing so how important he's been for Washington. Giannis could have slid in there, but outside of that, it it was it was fairly easy. And I'll start with my guard point guard position, and that's Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, the and all these players that's on my first team are all were are one time or another were or are MVP candidates. So. My first one is Damian Lillard, averaging 29 points a game, four rebounds, and eight assists. Damian Lillard is the is the is the main cog that makes Portland run. Now I understand you have CJ McCollum, but he missed time. You have Enos Cantor, who's really good offensively as far as rebounding and stuff like that. But that's I mean, <laughs> you got uh. Nurkic, there's a lot of you have a lot of good players. Melo's on the team, Robert Covington, but this team is only going to go as far as Damian Lillard takes them. Damian Lillard is one of the best point guards in the league. He's one of the greatest shooters to ever play. As far, yeah, he's one of the greatest shooters to ever play, especially when we talk about shooting off the dribble. And and it's <laughs> Damian Lillard. You know, it's. He's one of those players where you're going to look up and you when you think about some of the greatest point guards ever, he's his name is going to be up there as far as maybe top. I, I can say right now he can be top 20 to top 15 play, uh, point guards of all time. And by the end of his career, he can definitely slide up to the closer to, you know, top 10, in my opinion, because of how good he is now. Nobody thought they would say that with him coming out of Weber State, but Lillard has been incredible, and especially this year with you know the the, the turmoil and, and and all the ups and downs that Portland has faced with injuries and trades and all that. Um, Damian Lillard has been consistent, and there was a time where a lot of people were arguing a time this year where a lot of people were arguing if Damian Lillard should be an All NBA. I mean, no, should be an MVP. So. That's that's my first point guard. I mean, that's my first guard position is Damian Lillard. My second and and I mean, my second is 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 uh, Steph Curry. Like, come on now, Steph Curry leads. You know, finishes finished the league, finished the regular season with the scoring title, averaging thirty two points a game, six assist, six assists, and six rebounds. You know. <laughs> There's not really much else you can you can. There's not really much else you can say about um, Steph Curry that isn't it hasn't been said. One of the greatest point guards to ever live. One of the it, the greatest shooter to ever live. Um, he's had multiple fifty point games, multiple upon multiple forty point games. He's had his, his career high this year against Dame and the Portland Trail Blazers, which was sixty two points. Steph Curry is is one of the best players in all of basketball, and when we look, hell, he's having he's having he didn't of course he didn't make the fifty forty ninety club, but this year he didn't make it this year, but he's having one of the best seasons. In fact, you can you can say that this is this is arguably his best season, and this is coming off of a play. This is coming from a player. That has a unanimous MVP, has an has another MVP, has a three time three is a three time champion. This could at least statistically, this is arguably his best season. And a lot, of course, a lot. Of, he's not going to win the MVP, but it goes back to what I said a couple episodes ago when we talk about valuable. He is up there as far as how I mean. Golden State finished the regular season number one in offense. And this is a team with uh, one uh, Toscato Anderson, Kent Bazemore, uh, who else? Jordan Poole, 
Damian Lee, Draymond Green as far as offense, like, come on now. That if you, if that stat doesn't scream Steph Curry, then I don't know what does. So Steph Curry, uh, again, who is the NBA scoring title? Who won the NBA? His second NBA scoring title. He lands as my second guard for the All NBA team. Now my first forward, and this is where I said you could have put Giannis in. I was kind of you know jockeying between which one. I chose Luka Doncic, um, who's averaging 28 points a game, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists. The reason why I picked him over Giannis is is because of his importance to the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas, even though they have Christoph Porzingis, Dallas is god-awful without without, um, Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic... A lot of people had him at least third, as high as third in MVP voting for for at least once in this, this season. Doncic's ability to not only score the ball but get other people involved is one is one main reason why I'm putting him over Giannis. And don't get me wrong, Giannis is an incredible player, but Luca. Luca's ability to get other people involved while when you look up like damn he has 40 like that's 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 Luca now of course his defense can be a lot better and he complains to the refs oh, more than any player I've ever seen in my life and and yes that's even including you know uh Manu but it you know Luca has been incredible and Dallas would not be where Dallas is right now if it wasn't for Luka Doncic. And honestly, if Luka Doncic does not play for Dallas, and let me say this, Dallas is only going to go as far. It's kind of like Damian Lillard, just on a, on a bigger scale because, you know, Damian has better pieces around him. Dallas is only going to go as far as Luka takes them, and it's kind of not even close. So, and Luca has been incredible all year. Like I said, even with all the complaining and 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 that he does with the refs, he's still averaging twenty eight, eight, nine. So, I have Luca Doncic as my first all first team. I have Joker as my first forward, uh, power forward position. I mean, I think he he is in good standing to win the MVP, and he's averaging twenty six, eleven, and eight. I said this before, and I'll say it again. He is arguably one of the most skilled big men we've ever seen as far as he's a big man with guard ability, guard vision, guard passing abilities, and a person that could very well possibly win the MVP. It would be crazy for me not to put him as my All-NBA team, uh, All-NBA first team. So I have I have Joe, I have uh, Nikola Jokic as my first forward in the All-NBA team. And, of course, I have Joel Embiid as – finishing off the all nba team he averaged 29 11 and 3 he okay so when we talk about contenders in the eastern conference the reason why philly not only secured the number one overall seed in the east but has a good chance of making this 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 year is one of their best chances to more than anything to not only make it to the NBA Finals, but they could win the NBA Finals, and a lot of that is because of the play of Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is putting up numbers that we haven't seen since Shaq, and that's saying something with with some of the be- great you know point uh, centers we've ever had coming before and after Shaq. It's Joel Embiid has been incredible, man. And and while of course they have really good pieces on on the on the Sixers, their championship window is only as open as Joel Embiid opens it, pretty much. And he's another player that could finish one or two in the MVP race. So that's why I have my my all-NBA first team is Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. And I think that outside, I mean, you can kind of swap in Luka for Giannis, but outside of that, that to me is pr- pretty much going to be who's the actual who's going to actually be then the NBA's official All NBA team. So those are my All NBA teams, uh, one through three. And let me know. Let me know if there's a player that I missed that you feel should be on it. Let me know if there is a uh, if there's a player that I put on the list that shouldn't be. Let me know if you agree, disagree. Hey, you can always leave in the comments. 
I definitely respond, and uh, we can have some we can have some dialogue. Let's go with the all defensive team. The all defensive team was actually pretty easy in my opinion, both of them. Um, let's start with the first one. No, let's start with the second team. Second team, I have Jimmy Butler at point guard. I have uh, Mattis uh, Thimbel at shooting guard. I have Giannis, Miles Turner, and Clint Capella is my all defensive second team. Jimmy Butler, like I said, Jimmy Butler. Even though you have uh, you know other good defenders on on the Heat, Jimmy Butler is the is the the engine that really steers the Heat. And what are the Heat? The Heat is a defensive first team. Jimmy Butler, while he's not going to give you flashy numbers, his defense is is incredible. He is one of the best defenders in the league, and especially when we talk about the guard position. And uh, it would, it, it, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't name ten better defenders than Jimmy Butler. And because of that, at least this year, and because I can't name 10 defenders better than Jimmy Butler, and that's why I have him in my all-NBA second team. A lot of people look at the success from Philly, and then, of course, you look at Ben Simmons, you look at Joel Embiid. But when we talk about defensively, Matisse Steinbaugh, even though he's not a flashy name, even though he's not a superstar name, he has been one of the best on-ball defenders this entire year in the entire NBA. He is the he's he, him alongside with Ben Simmons. It's I mean, there that is that is a that is a big reason for the success of Philly. And while again, Matisse Thibault, he's not the greatest offensive player, not even in as in a long shot. But he's one of those players that know his role, and his role is defense. He was a defender at Washington, as far as. The, the, school he was a defender at Washington and he he played his role he's an old-fashioned player he's a player that when you look at some of the he's he's a Bruce Bowen he as far as defense he's a Bruce Bowen he's a Tony Allen he's a he's a he's a Ben Wallace as far as you know your role and you stick to it and that's what uh, Matisse Thimble is. He's not going to take some crazy shots. He's not going to look. You're not going to look up, and he has 30, 40 points. But when you look up, the player that he's guarding, you say, "Damn, he's he's two for 18." Like that. That's how good Matisse Thimble is, and that's why I have him on my second team. I mean, Giannis hadn't fell off a cliff. <laughs> Giannis won the Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's still a main reason and a big reason why. Uh, the the Bucks is a is a top five defensive team is Giannis. I mean, again, this is a reigning defensive player of the year and could finish in the top five defensive player of the years this year. So I have, you know, that there's that. Miles Turner, a lot of people forget how good Miles Turner is, especially defen- defensively this year, due to the fact that he did get injured and was out majority of the year. Um, or for the, I, th- I think after all, after the regular, after the all-star break, he, uh, he missed a lot of time, but before that he was, I think top, top three in rebounding and, and top two in, in blocks like miles Turner was incredible. And I'm not going to discredit him from being an all NBA, uh, all defensive team just because he got injured. So I have I have him in my second team and Clint Capella. I think he leads the league in rebounding and leads the league in blocks, I believe. Or if not, he's second in those categories. Even though the Hawks aren't I mean, yeah, they're 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 I think fourth or fifth in the East. I don't think that they're going to make noise, but Clint Capella has been a big part of their success with his ability to play defense and protect the rim. So that's why I have him my all second team. And my all first team defensively, you have Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Joel, uh, what's his name? Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, players around the league, and you're starting to see a lot of media people say this, and I've been saying this for a minute. I'm not saying I was the only one or first, but I will say that Joel, no, Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated players the league has ever seen, and he's definitely one of the most underrated players in the NBA today. And a lot of that is because he doesn't give you a lot of flashy numbers, but his de- if you ask most of the guards, I know Steph has said it, I think James Harden said it, I know Dame has said it, 
when they talk about who is one of the toughest player or toughest players to play against, all of them usually say Drew Holiday because of his defense. And and like I said, be, him paired with Giannis Antetokounmpo allows or is the main reason why the Bucks are where they are defensively. They're one of the best defensive teams in all of the NBA because of them too. And I put Drew Holiday as the, as the first team over uh, Jimmy Butler, one because Jimmy Butler missed some time, but because Drew Holiday is taxed to to guard some of the, probably the best position and usually the best players at that position. And, and so does Jimmy, but like I said, due to time he missed, I'm going to put Drew. But Drew has any given night he has to go Steph, Dame, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, um, Chris Paul. Like, that is a t- tough gauntlet of players that you have to go through. So I have Drew Holiday as my first guard in the All-NBA team. Ben Simmons, this could be the year that he could win Defensive Player of the Year. That's how good he's been. Um, it's really between him and Rudy Gobert, in my opinion. Uh, ben Simmons has been incredible. Ben Simmons, not only due to his height, because he is, what, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, six, or something like that, or uh, maybe 6'7", but his height, his quickness, his, his, his guard-like skills allows him to, to guard some of the best players and at majority of the position almost all positions like you can look up he guards curry one day the next game he'll guard rudy gobert um one day he'll guard uh james harden the next day he'll guard kevin durant so ben simmons his skill type allows him to guard all five positions and all five positions well and you know i i a person that in my opinion is going to finish either one or two in defensive play of the year has to be on my first team and that's why I've been Simmons on my first team. Drew, Drew, uh, Draymond Green, he's a former de- defensive player of the year. He is the main cog, at least defensively, that of Golden State. Now, Golden State, of course, you have Clay, but he's been injured. James Wiseman has been injured, and this is his rookie year. Outside of that, they don't really have a defender outside of Draymond Green. And Draymond Green has been incredible for, for Golden State with his with his defending ability and his assist ability um yeah Draymond Green's been incredible and I, it's not really much you can say about it cuz again he doesn't give you a lot of flashy numbers but you have to watch Draymond Green you have to watch a Golden State game to see not only the energy but the impact that he has on the defensive side of the ball and that's why I have him as my first team Bam Adebayo I don't think he's going to uh, come close to winning defensive play of the year, but I do think that he should be considered because of, like I said, Miami's him alongside Jimmy Butler make Miami a, an incredible defensive team. His ability to not only defend the rim, but he he's quick for a person his size. And oh, I never I never switched the thing. <laughs> he's quick for a person his size, and uh, I think that. I think that uh, because of that, he, you know, again, and, and you've heard campaigns about him being defensive player of the year. Again, I don't think he will, but he's been good enough to to at least have those campaigns. So I, I put Bam as um, I put Bam as my power forward for the all defensive team and Rudy Gobert. We just talked about it in the all NBA team. Rudy Gobert could could very well win his third defensive play of the year this year. Um, he is the main cog as far as defensively for Utah. Utah is the first overall seed in the West. Rudy Gobert has been incredible. Even though a lot, you know, you can talk about you know the, the whole Corona stuff. You can talk about how you know some of the the contract that he got. Even though if you match match with the numbers, it may not match. As far as scoring, Rudy Gobert has even though even though he kind of gets sort of the same scrutiny and same uh same vitriol, I guess that Paul George does. He's still an incredible player, and most of that is because of his ability to play defense. So I have you know again my first defensive team is Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, and Rudy Gobert. Let's go with the rookie team. All now, 
again, next next episode, I'm gonna give my you know awards as far as MVP, Rookie of the Year, and stuff like that. And the Rookie of the Year to me is is a two man race. It was probably a three until one of the players got injured, but it's pretty much a two man race, and that is where we'll stop there. Let's go with my second team. You have Emmanuel Quickly from New York. You have Sadiq Bay. You have Desmond Bain. You have Isaac Okuro. And you have Jaden McDaniels. The thing that I realized about rookies, when you look at the all when you look at the all rookie team, you got New York outside of one. You have New you have Detroit, Minnesota, Cleveland, and, and um Memphis. The problem the thing is most of these most of the most of the all rookie team play on teams that suck outside of like I said Emmanuel quickly and a couple you know we'll talk about the rest but they suck and a lot of these rookies get a lot of playing time because their teams are not that good now I'm not saying that that should minimize their rookie of the year I mean rookie all rookie team status because a lot of I mean Sadiq Bey just had a 30 point game the other day like this is these are good players, and I think that these players will be. Good. I don't know if they'll be household names. I don't know if they'll be top NBA players. I don't know if uh, I don't know if they'll be cornerstones in the league. But these players have been great. Um, Emmanuel quickly, he you know when you look at his game, he <laughs> he's one of those players when you look like wow, like. Mm. He 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 gets calls like he's a superstar. He like he gets James Harden type calls, uh, and he he's offensively incredible. And he's he plays he plays at a speed that is not like a rookie because as you you know a lot of rookies they'll come in and they just try to go a thousand miles an hour, which kind of gets into a lot of trouble. I mean, real quickly from day one, he's been incredible. And yeah, man, that so like I said. It's, these players aren't bad. They they don't suck. Of course, these are incredible players. It's just a lot of their numbers are going to be inflated because they have to. I mean, they have to play a lot of minutes because the team that they play are not good. But that doesn't negate the fact that they are on my all de- second rookie team. And shouts out to them. So, like I said, that's Emmanuel quickly, Sadiq Bay, Desmond Bain, who is a very important piece for Memphis, who is in the playing game tonight. Uh, very important piece. I'm not, you know. Uh, Isaac Okoro and and Jaden McDaniels. My first team, you have Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, uh, Tyrus Halliburton, uh, Jay Sean Tate, and Isaac Stewart. Now, like I said before, the all the Rookie of the Year is pretty much a two man race between Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. Uh, I'm going to talk about, like I said, who wins next episode, but. They both of them out, you know, LaMelo Ball did miss a lot of time due to the wrist injury, but both of them have been steady and consistent. And even though I know that they were pretty much they were one in three as far as Anthony Edwards going one and uh, uh, what's the name? LaMelo Ball going third. I understand that, you know, they they are projected to be good, but Anthony Edwards has been better than I expected. And so was, so was LaMelo Ball. Now, again, I knew they were going to, I thought they were going to be good, but I just didn't think they were going to be this good. Like they don't look like rookies and they've been incredible. So I, now I didn't see uh Tyrese Halliburton. I did not see that coming at all. Now I understand his season ended early due to, uh due to injury, but and and I understand he's he's played a lot of minutes with Sacramento because Sacramento's god awful outside of uh of uh De'Aaron Fox, but I did not see Halliburton being this good. Hell, there was a time when he was at least second in rookie of the year. Like that's how good he was, and that's crazy. I didn't see Jay Sean Tate being this good. Now, I understand all the stuff that happened with Houston with, with James Harden and John Wall getting hurt. And, you know, DeMarcus, a lot of people forget DeMarcus Cousins started the season with Houston. I understand that. And, of course, the coaching, it's a lot. But Jay Sean Tate has been incredible for Houston. And him alongside, uh, what's his name, Christian Wood, even though Christian Wood missed some time, they've been really good. And, you know, I I had to put Jay Sean Tate there. And so was Isaiah Stewart. Now, Isaiah Stewart. He be getting dunked on a lot. <laughs> he be getting dunked on way, way more than I like. 
but he's been Isaiah Stewart's been really good, man. I and and I understand he plays for Detroit. So does uh, Sadiq Bay, and you know Detroit's awful, but they have that doesn't take away from their numbers. Um, in fact, that kind of that kind of helps their numbers because they're playing on bad teams, so they're putting up the numbers. Um. But yeah, man. So my first that's that's my first all all NBA, all rookie team, which is Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese uh, Halliburton, Jay Jay Sean Tate, and Isaiah Stewart. Now, I, again, this injuries definitely suck, and injuries affected all of these teams. Like, you know, because KD missed so many times, that's miss him as time due to the injury. That's why he didn't make my all NBA team, even though when he's on the court, he's been incredible. Uh, James Wiseman was really good. And he most definitely would have been on my all rookie team. If he didn't miss a lot of time due to injury, Um, you know, injuries definitely affect hell. Like I said, I think Donovan Mitchell, if he wouldn't have been injured, he probably wouldn't have been on my list. Uh, LeBron James would have been a lot higher in my all NBA team if he didn't get hurt for all those times. Anthony Davis uh, being hurt all those times probably would have made not only my all defensive team, but my all my all NBA team. So injuries definitely suck and they they definitely play a part in these these awards this year. Uh, But hell, if you they could play a part in who wins the rookie of the year, who wins. MVP like it's it's crazy so but those are all my all NBA teams those are my all defensive teams and those are my all rookie teams if you agree let me know we can talk about it if you don't let me know we can talk about it and uh you can definitely leave it in the comments so let's move forward I want to give a shout out to Kyrie Irving for joining the 50 40 90 club being the ninth NBA player to do so uh 10th player overall because Elena Deladon did it uh, for the Washington Mystics back in 2019. So there's 10 players overall. You know, Kyrie Irving, here's the thing about Kyrie, man. Kyrie is the enigma of the NBA. I originally thought it was James Harden, but it's most definitely Kyrie. And the reason why it's Kyrie is because Kyrie, Kyrie is exactly who Kyrie's supposed to be. And that is his own person. You know, we always talk about Kyrie because he's just different, but I think, you know, because you're in the spotlight, all your moves are, of course, you know, magnified to the umpteenth degree. And uh, people want to dissect what you do and don't do. And, of course, we know about uh, Kyrie and the sage. And we know Kyrie and his religious background. Kyrie is in the graves with the media, especially what's going on. Uh, you know, And, and he, he talks about what's going on, especially with, like, Israel and 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 Pakistan and stuff like that. Um, Kyrie is different, but of course he's going to be different because he's he's his own person. Um, and a lot of people don't like that because when we when we look look at our stars, they we want them to be as media friendly as LeBron or as a fierce competitor as Le, as Kobe or um, wants to be as 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 good with the media as as Steph but not everyone wants to be that and of course if you're not you're going to be labeled like like a Charles Barkley was horrible with the media and now look look at it look how he is um Shaq wasn't really good with even though he was um he was a jokester and everything they lost oh my goodness (laughs) and and it was you know Kyrie's just his own person and I just want to shout out Kyrie for being his own person and while a lot of things that he does, a lot of people would deem as crazy or over the top, that's just right for him. And even with all that, he still finishes in the 50-40-90 club while averaging 27 points a game, five rebounds, and six assists. To me, that's that's been incredible. Even, you know, with the with the turmoil season, um, a lot of – a lot of his play, a lot of his teammates, like I said, KD going out, uh, James Harden going out. Now, of course, he he misses some time here or there with uh, personal reasons and stuff like that, or or knee soreness or something like that. But Kyrie has been consistent. And again, shouts out to Kyrie for not only joining the fifty forty ninety club, but 
for being himself and and not wavering on being himself. Um, you don't really see that a lot, especially in sports. Uh, and they they want you to be as media friendly as possible and stuff like that. But you know, sometimes that's just not how it goes. Sometimes you don't want to talk to the media. Now I understand contractually you may have to, but you know. Shouts out to Kyrie for being himself. A lot of people, a lot of people don't don't like that, but hey, it is what it is. So, congratulations to Kyrie Irving for joining the fifty forty ninety club. And before we go, uh, of course, with the regular season being over, some of my preseason predictions, some of my end season predictions, some of them were incredibly right, and some of them were incredibly wrong. So I'm just going to end the show with giving some of my takes that I was hella wrong about and some of the takes I was hella right about. Let's let me let me start where I was wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll say where I was wrong. I predicted that the Knicks were going to be God awful. I thought they were going to be trash. I didn't think that um, Tom Thibodeau was going to make a huge difference like that because we see what happens when he coached Milwaukee. I mean, not Milwaukee. We saw when he coached um uh, Minnesota and how that ended. We saw how it ended with the Bulls. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, Tom Thibodeau, he's going to run his players into the ground. Uh, not to mention, I don't know if you remember, but New York was had a lot of scrutiny because they were spe- they were supposed to get KD. They were supposed to get Kyrie. Hell, they traded Kristaps Porzingis because they were trying to make cat room for this too. They were pretty much they were pretty much saying, "Yeah, we going to get them." And then they end up going to Brooklyn. And they end up getting what Taj Gibson and Julius Randle at the time. We're just like, "Bro, these these they suck." And and then you look up today, Julius Randle could very well win the most improved player. Um, he made my all NBA second team. Uh, you have Emmanuel quickly. Derrick Rose has been incredible. Uh, RJ Barrett has been incredible. Julius Randle, like I said, has been good. And Tom Thibodeau has been incredible as a coach. And like I said, right to, as we speak today, they're sitting in the fourth spot, I believe. So I thought they were going to be horrible and they turned out to be really good and exciting. They, they are a really good watch. You know, I've seen them. We've seen them play, uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets a couple times live, like as, as far as like on ESPN and stuff like that. They, they've been really good. So I was he- I can admit that I was hella wrong about the, the, the New York Knicks. Something I was right about, I said now, I said going into the season that Steph Curry was going to win the MVP. Now, I don't think he will, but he's most definitely having an MVP type season. Like I said, he's averaging, he, he won the scoring title. Averaging 32 points a game, averaging six rebounds, averaging six assists. With Steph Curry on the court, Golden State is, I think, the number one offense. And again, this uh, this is with, if you look at the roster, look at Golden State's roster and tell me without Steph Curry, would that be a number one overall offensive team? And Steph Curry, I understand it's the AFC, but Steph Curry got them to the AC. And again, go look at that roster. I, I don't think Steph Curry will win the MVP, but I was right about he will most definitely have an MVP type season. And statistically, Steph Curry has had arguably his best season ever. So that's what I was right about. I was wrong about I, I thought the Rizzers would be top four in the East. I saw I saw Bradley Bill and I especially saw what, what he did last year. Of course, getting Russell Westbrook, getting some of the healthy, I mean, Thomas Bryant, uh, getting Bortons. I, having, I just thought this would be the year that we would finish top four. Now, I didn't foresee COVID hitting us like a, like a freight train. I didn't foresee uh, Russell Westbrook being, you know, playing, I think, on a torn quad or something like that at the beginning of the year. I didn't foresee Bradley Bill's hamstring acting up on him. I didn't foresee none of that. I just thought with the town that we had, well, this was Washington's year to be tough for. Now, 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 Washington didn't make it to the play-in, and of course we saw what happened last night. But I just, I thought, I thought Washington was going to be tough for. I was, I mean, when you look on paper, you and and how they, especially towards the end of the season, 
they had arguably one of, if not the best backcourt in the league. I mean, one of your players averaged a triple-double in Russell Westbrook, and the other one finished second in scoring. I just thought. I just thought. So, I was wrong about that. I was right when I said that Brooklyn would be great offensively. And and I was now this was even before James Harden. When you look at the players that they had before, you know, the trade, you had KD, you had Kyrie, you had uh DeAndre Jordan. And I said, you know, this team is going to be really good offensively, but defensively how were they going to really stop anybody? I mean, you had Tarian Prince um and you also had Jared Allen who was good, but you traded them away. And even with that, Tarian Prince, I don't think is going to give you big help. I don't think he's going to give you big crunch time minutes as, as a defender. And Jared Allen could do that, but, you know, that's just one player. And even with James Harden, like I said, I knew they were going to be great offensively, but they're they're horrible defensively. And I was right about that. I just, I just want to say I was right. I was wrong. I said that Ben, I said that, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid should, should separate. I think one of the, I, I, I said I thought Joel Embiid was going to be traded, um, I, or or I knew I thought one of them should have been traded because I didn't think that they could play together. As we look up today, Ben Simmons is a uh, Ben Simmons is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Joel Embiid is a MVP candidate. Philly is the number one seed in the East, and. They had they I think they're they've only lost like with both of them on the floor. I think they've only lost like maybe six or seven games. Like that's how good they've been. And I was wrong. I don't know. I think a lot of it's due to coaching. You know, Doc Rivers has come in, come and definitely laid his imprint on it. Uh, and and getting Daryl Morey definitely helps as well. But yeah, man, I was wrong. I did not think that. I thought that we saw the ceiling from Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and I thought that both of them were kind of because I always say when you occupy when you're great and you occupy the same space, it doesn't work, you know. And I thought that their their ceilings were 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 they were each other's ceilings as far as Ben Simmons is only going to be as good because he's playing alongside Joel Embiid and vice versa. But I was incredibly wrong about that. And lastly, I was right about Chris Paul. I knew that Chris Paul, I said Chris Paul was going to make a huge difference for the the Phoenix Suns. Now, I didn't think, when I say huge difference, I didn't think they would be second overall in the West. I knew, I thought they were going to make the playoffs uh, because Chris Paul, his he has his ability to make other players around him better is second to none, but... I didn't think that even though you had, you know, uh, you had Devin Booker, you have Dan, DeAndre Ayton uh, and, and, and players like that. I didn't th- I knew they were I thought they were going to make the playoffs. You can go back. I said they were going to make the playoffs. I just didn't think they were going to be second. I thought they were going to be like eighth or something. So but I, hey, I was I was I was right with Chris Paul was going to make a huge difference. And he has, like I said, I don't think they would be second overall in the West. If it wasn't for the leadership and the playing style and the playing and the and as good as Chris Paul is, so there's that man. Those that's where I was wrong. I, hey, I'm not always right. I, I like to think I am sometimes, but I'm not always right. And looking in hindsight, I'm wrong a lot more times than I'm right. But I will admit at times when I'm wrong, and I will definitely praise the times when I'm right. Because I mean, why not? If no, hey, if nobody is gonna be your cheerleader. You be your cheerleader. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and that has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast, man. I appreciate everyone that supports. I appreciate everyone that's that's here. If you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, I am trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by my birthday, which is in July. So please, 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 please do your part if you haven't. And subscribe. I'm, you don't even got to watch. Just subscribe. It would mean a lot. Uh, if you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, um, joggers, long sleeves, the link is in the description below. I got a lot of designs, got a lot of colors. Hey, man, go get you one. It's getting a little hot outside, so get you a T-shirt. Hey, I got you. Just, just, just click the link below. 
and again, this I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. DJ Durant. Hey, Castro, go crazy. Yeah. So we gone. Huh? Stop. We good. Stop. Chill. We on. Chill. Scale. Huh. Let's go. Let's go. Domingo. Huh. Let's go. Domingo. Take. Huh. Let's go. Huh. Set. Huh. Let's roll. Hey. Straightening. 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 Yeah. Straight. Straightening. 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 Yeah. Straight. Don't nothing get straightened but straightening. Hey. Don't nothing get straightened but straightening. Don't nothing get straightened but straightening. You don't get shit straight, you don't straighten it. Nah. In this game, sit back, be patient. Gang. Niggas act like the game went vacant. Huh? Niggas act like some been taken. What? Ain't nothing but a little bit of straightening. Been kicking shit, popping out daily. Go. On the island, it's a movie I'm making. I'm counting the narrows with Robert De Niro. He telling them that you're amazing. Hey. Put that shit on. Shit on. Nigga, get shit on. shit on. I bought two whips and I put my bitch on. Skirt. She put this wrist on. Wrist. She fat the wrist, said it went rich and mill prone. Turn a pandemic into a pandemic, you know that's the shit that we on yes, sir. Them niggas gon' pull up and L at the shit that's together, won't fuck with you homes Uh-uh, I don't do the fake kicking, no. there go a rocket that's taking it Ooh. It's a problem with few, then we straining it Straight. Swap out the cap with a demon in it, upgrade the band up with fiends in it Ooh. I got some shooters you seen with me, we're running shit back, I just seen tenant We gonna get straight, straining, 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 yeah Straining, straining, straining